Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. If you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter number one. Philippians chapter number one. Chad Bowman came to me before I started preaching and told me that I needed to hurry. He had lunch appointment at 11.30, so. <laughs> Philippians chapter number one. Philippians 1. Have you ever had something in your life that was maybe frustrating you, bringing you down, or maybe even this, maybe even defeating you a little bit? Something that might have been bringing you unspeakable pain, or something maybe even that caused you to make you feel like you were a little bit of a failure. Well, maybe if you're anything like me, you've prayed this prayer before. God, take it away. If you've been anything like me, maybe you've prayed that, prayed that prayer before. God, take this away from me. I just, I, I can't do it anymore. I can't, I can't handle this anymore. Lord, please take this away. You see, in those circumstances, many people get through what they're experiencing but very few will get something out of what they are experiencing. And let me tell you from examples of people that I see in Scripture, and examples of people that I know personally, people that I know and that I love, even in the middle of something that is painful, frustrating, or something that fills you with anxiety or hurt, you can experience real joy even in the middle of it. The title of the message this morning is Real Joy. Real Joy. In no way this morning do I want to minimize pain, heartbreak, hurt, struggle. But I can tell you from the examples of many people sitting in this room under the preaching right now, that some of the people that are the most joyous Christians in this room are going through some of the deepest valleys. Some of the people in this room that you would say maybe have the brightest smile and, and, and have just a great joyous spirit are experiencing some deep valleys at this very moment right now. Why is that? Why is it that they can experience joy in the middle of a deep trial? Well, I can tell you this, because joy is not happiness. You see, happiness is based on things that happen to me, our circumstances. The world is trying to find the secret to experiencing true joy. In 2008, 40,000 books were published on happiness, on happiness, which is significantly more than 50 which were published in the year 2000. And you know, if people would read the Bible, they would find the key to true joy. And that number, I'm sure, has increased more and more in this year of 2021. And it seems that more and more people are struggling to find the secret, the solution to experiencing joy. You know, sometimes we think we want happiness. We want to experience happiness. But really what we're searching for is joy, because joy is not a feeling. Joy is a state of living. 
Have you ever been around just an extremely joyous person? It's infectious, isn't it? You want to be around them no matter what is happening. You see, each one of us are called to be that type of person. You've met those people before. There's a man that I'm thinking of right now who used to attend our church. His name is Randy Ash. Randy Ash was probably one of the most joyous Christians I've ever met in my entire life. And if you know Randy Ash, you would agree with me on that statement. I remember when I was in his Sunday school class as a kid, and all of us thinking to ourselves, as kids do, how are we going to get under our teacher's skin, right? I mean, how are we going to get to our teachers? What can we do that will maybe just set them off, maybe annoy them a little bit? What, what is it that we can do to get to our teachers? And I'll tell you this, no matter what we did, Randy Ash always displayed so much love and expressed real joy. That's the type of Christian that I want to be. Another person that came to my mind, someone many of you have probably heard before, his name is Nick Vujicic. He's an Australian-American Christian evangelist and a motivational speaker, born with a rare disorder that caused him to be born with no arms and no legs. He was born without fully formed limbs, and according to his autobiography, his mother refused to see him or hold him when the nurse first held him in front of her. She and her husband went out of the hospital and vomited seeing their son with no limbs. But eventually they accepted the condition and understood this as God's plan for their son. Through this seemingly extremely difficult time, Nick chose to experience the joy that only Christ can give. He, he is now married and has two children and travels the country speaking the good news of Jesus Christ and challenging people to look at the positive in life. Regardless of his difficulties, if you've ever seen his videos, interviews, presentations, or talks, it's obvious that he is experiencing the true joy that comes from only Christ. And we're still here in the introduction, but isn't it easy for us to complain about so much less in life? We find ourselves complaining about things that are often so insignificant. And if you were to look into Nick's life, you would see that he is joyous even in the middle of pain. Because it's like he knows that even though what he's going through is something that he would have never chosen for himself, it's like he knows that God can take that thing and make something beautiful out of it. And I don't know about you, but that's what I want for my life. You see, these types of people that we see, they don't pray this, pray this prayer. They don't pray remove it. But rather, they pray this prayer. And it's the prayer that we should all be challenged to pray. God, use this until you choose to remove it. God, use this in my life until you choose to remove it. You see, I would have never chosen these series of circumstances that were given to me. I would have never chose to go through this pain or to go through this difficulty or to go through this heartbreak, but Lord, use this in my life. Teach me something in my life until you choose to remove this. The Apostle Paul was the greatest example in Scripture that I see other than Christ of seeing someone experience joy even in the middle of trial, even in the middle of a trial. In a minute, we're going to take a look in the book of Philippians, and when Paul wrote this book, he was in prison. And even 
While he was sitting in prison, he wrote this letter to the church at Philippi to encourage them in their walk with Jesus. And as we read some of these passages in the book of Philippians this morning, I want each of us to ask ourselves, does this sound like someone who is experiencing great loss and defeat? Or rather, does this sound like someone who, regardless of the circumstances, is experiencing the joy that only Christ can give? In addition, we're going to find the solution that Paul lays out for us to finding joy no matter what circumstance we are in. We are going to see how to have real joy. So Philippians 1 in verse number 12, we're going to read a few verses here. Philippians 1 in verse number 12. The Bible says this in Philippians 1, 12. But I would, ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Wow, Paul says, I want you to understand something. This happened to me so that the gospel would be proclaimed. Where I'm sitting right now, there's a purpose for this. Verse 13, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. The things Paul went through and what he experienced was used to further the gospel. You see, Paul, you see, people looked at him to see how he would respond. And to see, man, how is Paul going to respond in this situation? And every time he responded by pointing them back to Jesus. And if you're a Jesus follower this morning, when you're in pain, when we are experiencing heartache and, and deep hurt, people are watching us to see how we respond. And this morning, I want to take a look at the Apostle Paul and see how he was able to respond with joy in the middle of his pain. First, I see this. I see Paul's mindset. Look in verse number 12. It says, But I would, ye should understand, brethren, that these things which happened unto me, the, 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 the experience that I'm going through, me being in prison, this happened unto me, have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. I love Paul's mindset in this passage. He clearly states in verse number 12 that everything that happened to me was for good reason, so that the gospel would be proclaimed. He had the right mindset. When I think about this illustration of having the, having the right mindset, I thought back to some articles and, and documentaries and a movie that I had seen about Navy SEALs. It is said that is, there is over 20,000 applications that are submitted to become a Navy SEAL a year. And only 6% actually qualify for that initial training. Not qualify to be a SEAL, qualify for that initial training. Because they understand how rigorous it is going to be to become a Navy SEAL. The training that they have to go through is unreal. They are pushing you to limits that are almost unbearable. Not only physically, but mentally. They're weeding out the weak during this training. Only the elite of the elite will become actual Navy SEALs. 
To be able to overcome SEAL training, you really have to have the right mindset, don't you? And if you've ever read or seen a documentary about it, it's brutal. And I would say this, if you want to experience real joy in a circumstance like Paul was going through, or maybe even worse, we're going to have to have the right mindset. Satan would love nothing more to bring you to a place of depression, a place of hurt feelings, and a place of overall darkness. We need to pray and ask God to help us to stay on mission and to have the right mindset. You see, preaching the gospel was Paul's only mission. That's all he was concerned about, was the furtherance of the gospel. He had the right mindset. He wasn't concerned about what he was experiencing. He was concerned about God's word being proclaimed. Whether I am preaching from church to church or whether Paul was preaching in prison, he said, let the gospel be preached. In the middle of hurt or trials, let us be like Paul and say, Lord, you work in this situation. Lord, may you work it out for good. Lord, may your people be drawn to Jesus. May we be like Paul where he said, where it was said in Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. Trusting that God will work this out for good. We don't pray God remove this, but, gra- but rather God work in this situation. Lord, help us to have the right mindset. I enjoy spending time with many different people in our church. And uh, someone that I, I will spend some time with and go out to lunch with is uh, Jay Shaner. And uh, I'll often ask him Bible questions, and he'll help me with different studies and things. And I, I've prayed with him dozens, uh, maybe 50 different times. And whenever he prays for what he's going through, he always says, God, let your will be done. And he always asks for God to teach him something through this cancer. And to hear him thank God for the experiences he's going through, to me is kind of mind-boggling, right? But this is the mindset that each one of us should have. Experiencing great loss and pain is difficult. And I'm not minimizing the pain that we go through. But let's ask God to help us, to give us joy in the middle of that pain, to help us to have the right mindset. Next, in verse number 14, I see this. I see Paul's example. Verse number 14, it says, And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Yes, Paul was in prison, but because of his faithful example of preaching the word and trusting Christ, people were challenged and were bold to then preach Christ themselves. The example of Paul choosing joy and trusting God in the middle of the trial challenged other fellow believers to continue the work outside of prison. And we would think as our minds, how how could he proclaim the gospel in prison? But people saw his example. They saw his mindset, and it challenged them to do more for Christ. Now, I'm not a huge skateboarding fan, but growing up in my generation, uh, I did enjoy watching the X Games, specifically Tony Hawk. Uh, Tony Hawk, uh, we, we, I loved Tony Hawk growing up. I used to play his video games. I would wear his merch. I would watch him on TV all the times. And at the X Games in 1999, Tony Hawk set out to land the 900. And those who are not familiar with the 900, it's a trick involving the completion of two and a half mid-air uh, spins on a skateboard. You see, no one had ever landed this in professional skateboarding history. And in 1999 in San Francisco, 
after his final run had completed, the announcer literally said this, we're going to continue this and make up the rules as we go. And after 10 failed attempts at this trick, the entire, and with the entire skateboarding world watching, along with the support of every fan and competitor there, he was the first person ever to successfully land that extremely difficult trick. Fast forward 10 years later. Multiple people had from then, uh, then on landed the trick, and 10-year-old Asher Bradshaw was skating with his dad at a skate park in Los Angeles. And on that day, Asher was working on completing the 720. And in his first try, he completed the 720 easily. And his dad was an avid skater fan and had been telling him over and over again, if you could do the 720, then you can definitely do the 900. He showed him a video of Tony Hawk doing it 10 years earlier, and after a handful of times, Asher landed the 900 that took Tony a majority of his professional career to land. A 10-year-old landed it in one day. When asked about it, Asher had this to say. After seeing a lot of people land that trick, I knew that I myself could land it. You see, Asher had seen that footage and realized that something, something 10 years earlier that seemed impossible to land was now made possible by Tony spending the majority of his career trying to land it. It had challenged him to believe that he himself could do it. And this is exactly what Paul is stating here in Scripture. Because of Paul's joyful spirit and his encouraging attitude, and how he used this difficult circumstance to challenge others to preach the word without fear, the Bible says. You see, Paul being held in prison, that didn't cause people to be scared. But rather they said, if Paul can preach in prison, then I can preach where I'm at now. See, if he can be in prison and can continue to experience true joy, then I can continue to proclaim the name of Christ in the state that I am in right now. It challenged them. Sometimes the greatest example you can leave to the, you, to the ones you know and love is for them to see you experience joy in the midst of a trial. We don't have to lie to ourselves and say that I have joy because of this trial. But rather we can say this, I'm experiencing joy because of the goodness of God in this trial. We don't have to think, we don't have to say, I'm, I have this joy because of what I'm going through. I have joy because of who my God is while I'm going through this. That's why I can experience joy. And Paul, he set that example for us. He set that example for us. In verse number 15 and 16, we see this. We see Paul's opposition. Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bonds. Listen, let me challenge us this morning and say this. When we choose to live for God, there will definitely be opposition. When we decide to experience this joy and to live out what God has for us, there will be opposition. And in the previous verse, we see the Bible says that there were many that helped. Look there in verse, um, in verse number 13, in verse number 14. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So we see that there were many. And to me, this is really significant in the passage. Listen here, many helped and some hurt. Many helped, but some hurt. 
You see, when you try and I try to live right, there will be some opposition. But there will always be there, those that are there to help. The problem is this. Rather than looking at those who are living right and following the example and proclaiming the gospel, we choose rather to focus on the ones who are opposing us, don't we? We often choose to look to the ones who are giving us pushback, who are not living right, who are not following what God has for their life. When he was the appointed, uh, appointed as the pastor of, church, of a church in Cambridge, England in 1783, Charles, Charles Simeon was delighted. Uh, he was ready to take on this position of the pastorate. The people, though, however, did not really share the same joy that he did. Many of the prominent members of the church were disappointed, were upset, and opposed his conviction on reaching the lost with the gospel. They were more concerned with the group that they had and, and keeping their tight knit group rather than reaching out to the community around them. And to show their displeasure, they blocked their pews during the service and left them empty so that those who came to hear Simeon preach had to stand or sit in the aisles. But in spite of this, God began to work. And Simeon's ministry had a powerful influence on the nation of England and the world through his efforts to encourage missionary work. And during the dark days of opposition, Simeon wrote this, In this state of things, I saw no remedy but faith and patience. It was painful indeed to see the church, with the exception of the isles, almost forsaken. But I thought that if God would only give a double blessing to the congregation that did attend, there would on the whole be as much good done as if the congregation were doubled and the blessing limited to only half the amount. This comforted me many, many times, when without such a reflection, I should have sunk under my burden. Opposition does not mean that what we are doing is wrong. Often it is an evidence that we're doing exactly what God has for us. And there will be people that will oppose. There will be people that will not stand with you. There will be people that will not stand with you. And there will be people that will challenge you and will push you. But like Paul, we need to set the right example. Rather than being discouraged by opposition, we should take comfort in God's faithfulness and keep on doing what is right. Don't let the opposition steal your confidence and joy that you have in Christ. Some may oppose. Some will oppose. But let's be faithful to pray that many will follow if we set the right example. Some will oppose, but let's pray and ask God to give us many that will follow. Next, I see this. I see Paul's priority. In verse number 18, it says this, What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. The name of Christ is preached. And out there in front of people, it's being preached. Christ is being preached. And that's all that matters to Paul. That's all he's concerned with at this moment right now. The only thing that mattered to him was that Christ's name was lifted up. Could that be said of us? You know, if we want to experience true joy, we must keep the right priorities. 
You can't create joy. You can't create joy. Joy is not man-made. It is a real attribute that only comes from God. It is not an experience or an emotion, but something that God can give. And Paul was able to experience this joy because he set the right priorities. We know what Matthew says in Matthew 6.33 when it says this, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Seeking Jesus first. Seeking to lift up his name. Lifting up the name of Jesus. That was it. It doesn't matter how to Paul. It doesn't matter how the gospel was proclaimed. What mattered to him was the name of Christ being lifted up. He understood what was most important. So finally, we see here, we see Paul's conclusion. Paul's conclusion. We saw Paul's mindset, his example. We saw Paul's opposition. We saw that he kept the right priorities, and now we see the conclusion. You see, Paul understood what was most important. It says this, I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. The conclusion? The conclusion is joy. If we choose to have the right mindset, set the right examples, ignore the opposition, and have the right priorities, we can experience true joy. Let's take a look at some people who are striving for happiness and joy and success, but missed it. Not in unbelief, Voltaire was an infidel of the most pronounced type, and he wrote this, I wish I had never been born. Not in, pre- not in pleasure. Lord Byron lived a life of pleasure, if anyone did, and he wrote this, the worm, the canker, and the grief are mine alone. Not in money. Jay Gould, the American millionaire, had plenty of money. And when dying, he said this, I suppose I am the most miserable man on all of the earth. Not in position and fame. Another man enjoyed more than his share of both, and he wrote this, youth is a mistake, manhood is a struggle, old age is a regret. Not in military glory, Alexander the Great conquered the known world in his day. Having done so, he wept in his tent because he said, there are no more worlds to conquer. See, they, they couldn't find the solution to true joy. They never experienced it because they were searching all the wrong places. You see, the answer is simple. Real joy is found in Christ alone. It's a simple answer. Men have, fi- have, have tried to find joy outside of Christ. For years, the world has sought to find happiness and joy outside of Christ, but it's impossible. There are some things that can bring temporary happiness, but that's just the problem. It's temporary. It doesn't last. It fades away. It's based all upon a feeling. But joy is based upon a person. R.A. Torrey said this, There is more joy in Jesus in 24 hours than there is in the world in 365 days. He said, I've tried them both. The things of this world cannot produce joy for us. Trust Jesus to fill us with the joy that only he can give. We cannot choose the path of life that God has for us. We can't choose the circumstances that we're going through. 
And oftentimes we wouldn't choose some of the things that we're experiencing and we go, we're going through. You cannot control the hurt, the difficulty, or some of the curveballs that come our way. But we can choose how we respond. I want to ask each of us this morning, are we experiencing real joy? Have we begun to focus on our circumstances rather than focus on our Savior? My circumstances don't define my God. My God redefines my circumstances. My circumstances don't define who God is. My God is good. My God is good regardless of what I'm going through. My God loves me and cares for me and is my rock and my shepherd and my comfort and my fortress. No matter what life throws at me, we serve a God who sees us, who loves us, and who hears us. Trust in the God who redefines and works throughout our difficult circumstances. I don't know where you find yourself this morning. Maybe you're experiencing some real pain. Maybe there's some deep hurts going on inside that no one in this room knows about. Maybe you've internalized some things and, and, and you're hurting. Maybe you've experienced loss, loss of a loved one. And in no way am I minimizing the pain that you're going through. But I do want to challenge you this morning with this. No matter how great the pain, no matter how great the loss, no matter how deep the hurt, you can have real joy. You can experience true joy. The true joy that only Christ can give. I don't know what point was for you this morning. Maybe like Paul, we need to change our mindset. And we just need to say, I need to focus on what God has for me. I need to focus on the God who is bringing me through this, not on what I'm going through. Maybe we need to fix our mindset. Maybe we need to say, I need to be the right example. I want to, like Paul, say, it doesn't matter. I'm going to do what is right. I'm going to set the right example for those that I love and those that I care about. Maybe there are some people that are opposing you, that are giving you some pushback, that don't believe in you, that aren't supporting you. Maybe even some people that you love. I want to challenge you to ignore the opposition. Because for the some that are opposing you, there are many who believe in you. For the some who think that you're a failure, there's a God who will give you the strength to overcome what you're going through. Ignore the opposition. Have the right priorities. Maybe your priorities have kind of gotten unbalanced. And we need to set some things straight. And this morning, I want to challenge each of us to decide to follow the one who gives true joy. And his name is Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we are... Here this morning, 
for a purpose. And Lord, we've spent some time in Scripture this morning discussing this truth from your word and the subject of joy. We don't want just this emotional moment, this tiny experience of happiness that comes from this fun thing we did or this emotional state that someone else is in. Lord, we, we desire to have true joy and to experience that true joy that only you can give. It comes from you. And regardless of whether or not everything in our life is going perfect or it seems like everything is crumbling, I pray that you would help each one of us in this room to look to you regardless of the circumstances. I pray for each person in this room, myself included, that you would help all of us Lord, to have the right mindset, to be the right example, to ignore the opposition that comes our way, to set the right priorities, and to focus on you so that we can experience true joy. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.